What is true as far as the lucid po- lucid talk poll is concerned? Uh, Bill White is with us. Morning, Bill. Good morning, Frank. So, Bill, um, across the water, they're talking about Brexit, Brexit, Brexit and Brexit. But uh, here on the doorstep, going by your poll, uh, something much more important than Brexit. Well, yes, indeed, Frank. Um, I suppose it's no great surprise. I think if you ask that, uh, your listeners will know what I'm going to say. And it's the uh, it's the health service. And uh, our results, what we did was we asked uh, people, look, what are, what are the key issues and policies you're thinking about in terms of making up your mind as who you're going to vote for next Thursday? And uh, we've uh, we've reported in the top 14. And, um, you know, there's a number that we give people a choice of about 20, 25 issues. And the health service has come in top at 74 out of 100 people scoring that. It's a you know, very high score in terms of importance. And that beats uh, the Brexit issue that scores about uh, 63. So Northern Ireland's unique in that sense. Uh, you know, in the rest of the UK, Brexit is the big issue in nearly every region of, of Great Britain. Uh, admittedly, the health service now is a very close second as you would expect in Great Britain. But uh, it certainly shows with all the debate recently that uh, people are thinking about, even ahead of the constitutional issue as well, uh, you know, whether Northern Ireland should be in the UK or United Ireland, health is still, uh, you know, the number one issue. Did you do the poll before or during the industrial action? Uh, it was done, sorry, that's a good point. It was done last week. It was done uh, Wednesday to Saturday last week. Uh, so I think the industrial action didn't start to this week. Uh, you can correct me there, Frank. Is yeah, that right? yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would have thought, you know, that people would have really been talking about uh, about health since last Friday, since the news hit that there were cancellations. Yeah. That's when t- health uh, was talked about yeah. with, by everybody. So it was on the minds of the, of the people you were polling well, very much to the fore, even yeah. before that. No, now, if you did the poll, they'd probably be talking about nothing but health. Uh, very good point. Probably even a higher score, Frank. But yes, no, it shows this issue just hasn't arisen in the last week. It shows that it's uh, it's an ongoing issue and people feel uh, very strongly about it and they're thinking about it and that's what they want to hear. If candidates knock their doors, they want to hear what's happening with sorting out the health service. That's the number one issue. Um, there's a whole range of other issues and we also analysed it by the various demographic groups which uh, brought out some interesting patterns um, environment and climate change for example is is an issue but it scores much less than health but it's still an issue that people are concerned about but interestingly enough nationalist republicans and uh, you know as Sinn Féin SDLP voters and alliance voters rate that uh, quite you know reasonably around 40-50 but unionists don't rate that as an issue of importance they rate that around 20 out of 120% so unionists are not <laughs> as uh, concerned about uh, in the environment as climate change as the alliance voting bloc and the Nationalist Republican voting bloc are. Do you think it's going to reflect next Thursday at the polls how people feel about health? Will they be voting due to their beliefs on Brexit or will we be, as we always are here in this country, looking for the colour of a flag? Well, yes, I mean, health is number one, but it has to be said, Brexit comes in close number two, and and with equal nearly to Brexit behind it is the constitutional issue, Frank, so it's still very prominent. Um, You know, the constitutional issue, uh, both on the nationals and unionist side, is is an issue that people are thinking about. Uh, People at... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. People don't normally vote on one issue, Frank. They vote the mixture of reasons. Uh, you know, they may know the candidate very well. Um, there may be some local issues in their constituency. Obviously, the health service comes into it. Education, a whole mixture of things. So it's very much a cocktail of reasons that people uh, make up their mind how they're going to vote for. But certainly the constitutional issue is, is, is in there. You know, the big three are the health service, uh, Brexit, and, of course, the constitutional issue. And then education is pretty high up there, too. It's, it's in the mix as well, education, schools, colleges, and then the other issues, still important, but uh, come a little bit behind that. Interestingly enough, getting Stormont back working was an issue we offered as an option, and it, um, yeah, it scores reasonably high, 36, you know, health scored 74 out of 100, getting Stormont back working scored 36. Interestingly enough, again, the unionists um, are rating that a bit higher, around the mid-40s. They're scoring that, whereas Nationalist Republicans, you know, the SDLP Sinn Féin voter bloc, they're scoring that at 21. So they're less, if you like, concerned about getting Stormont back working the SDLP and Sinn Féin voter base than, than, uh, bases than uh, the unionist voter bases are. And Lions, of course, are scoring that quite highly. Uh, the Lions voters are scoring, uh, getting Stormont back working uh, reasonably high as well, but uh, uh, much more so than the Nationalist and Republican voters, you know. Any suggestion from those who you polled about turnout? There's anecdotal evidence that the turnout could be very high at this election. Uh, yes, indeed, Frank. Um, you know, everybody seems very committed. Um, we found, uh, we did ask, we did, we have a model that looks at likelihood of voting depending on your occupation, where you live, and also what people say, how likely are you going to vote. And it has scored very highly, so it could be um, quite a big turnout. More so, actually, we're finding that the Nationalists and Republicans, again, the FDLP, Sinn Féin voter blocs, they're more committed to go out to vote. Um, the unionist side are slightly less so. Yes, they think they're going to vote, but they're not absolutely sure, a lot of them. But, they, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking, they're hoping to go out to vote, that sort of feeling. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays through in the, in the election. You know, that's called differential turnout if one group turns out more than the other. But, uh, but as I always say, Frank, I mean, next Thursday, you're in the, you know, you do the weather forecast, etc. I mean, a lot depends on if there's squally showers or very bad weather, particularly in the 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. period in the evening, which is critical to an election day, then that can have an impact in turnout. So um, it'll be, you know, as I always say, elections are a summer sport. They're not necessarily a, a winter sport. They don't really <laughs> suit them rather in the middle of winter. So um, it's a bit like, you know, playing a cricket game next Thursday. It, it, the elections for turnout. I do depend on a reasonable day. Um, you know, today, like today, it could be quite cold, but it's, if it's wet and windy, etc., Frank, um, you know, uh, it could, could have an impact. So we'll all be listening to your fellow professionals and the weather forecasters <laughs> next Tuesday and Wednesday to see what it's like next Thursday, you know? Yeah, I like that idea of it being a summer sport as opposed to a winter sport. We'll know this time <laughs> next week who's getting the medals, that's for sure. Uh, Bill, thank you. Yeah. Have you any, anything else coming out between now and then, or is that your last survey? Mm-hmm. No, no, we well, this is just, uh, this is on the uh, issues, and then we did an additional question on what people feel um, about uh, the future, and not surprisingly, it came out that everybody's a bit frustrated and 
concerned and fearful about the future, mostly in Northern Ireland. But So, no, we have a major poll coming out looking at each of the 18 constituencies in the vote share poll, and we're hoping to have that out by Monday. So uh, hopefully maybe, uh, you know, we can have a chat then about that, because I think that will be of interest to people seeing where each seat's going to go uh, uh, next Thursday or what, what the polls are showing the way each seat's going to go next Thursday. So that uh, hopefully should be of interest. Okay, it's always of interest, but it's definitely of interest uh, over the next seven days. Uh, Bill White from Lucid Talk. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Alex Cairns available for a conversation. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Frank. Alex, looking at the Lucid Talk poll, health top of the list with the local people here going to the polls, Brexit, constitutional issue, further down the the, the, the running order. What, what do you make of it? Because this was supposed to be the Brexit election and really Brexit and, no, and nothing else. Uh, will we be changing our opinions on who we vote for because of the health debacle? I, I, I don't think so. I, I think I heard you say it a bit earlier about, you know, because the health issues was very prominent um, at the time they were doing their poll. Um, I think it's also because it's one of those strange things, Frank. I mean, with, I think it's just 300,000 people on waiting lists in Northern Ireland. They're a small population, which means that, you know, practically every single person in listening to your show, there's a fair bet. And Bill would know the statistical side of it. But there's a fair bet that every single one of those listeners will probably know someone who's on a waiting list. It might be a, a, a friend of a child, it might be a friend, it might be someone in their own family in a wider circle and so on. So it's an issue. They, they, they are aware of it both from the news end, having heard of it, but they're also aware for, of it from the personal end. And when those two issues, when a news story and a personal impact and you collide, it, that will al- almost certainly uh, be reflected if, if you're asked in that period of being on an opinion poll, your opinion, what issues matter to you, that'll come to the top of your head simply because it is at the top of your head. So I'm not surprised it is the main issue. But if you're then asking the second part of that, will it actually have an impact on how people then vote in Northern Ireland? I suspect not for a whole variety of reasons, because most of the seats anyway will, for whatever we say about Brexit, again, and that may reflect why Brexit is not such a, a big issue, most of the seats will be fought not on leave remain, but will be fought on on unionists, SDLP, Sinn Féin gaining the seat from the DUP and the DUP trying to hold them from the other side. So it'll be, in, in essence, it'll be the same old, same old type of election. So yes, it'll health is important, really matters. 
but probably not to the extent it'll make many people change their mind. So no matter what is happening in the country, no matter what dilemmas we're facing or what major decisions have to be made at European, global or local level, we'll still vote for the colour of a flag. Well, it isn't. It, it, yes, yes, probably. I think that's a, a fair view, Frank. You still there? Yes, yes. Oh, sorry, no, I beeped. I thought I'd lost you there again, sorry. You're all right. Um, but if you look, for for example, in, in England at the moment, where the Conservatives are, are, are planning to pick up and seem to be in a position to pick up votes from uh, Labour working class constituencies, which voted Leave, the Brexit Party in those areas expecting to pick them up. Both those parties, Brexit and Conservative, are right-wing on a lot of issues which matter to working class Labour voters, but those Labour voters look as though they're going to vote for the Leave parties rather than for a socialist left of centre party which might prioritise the health service. So while Northern Ireland, we haven't really shifted all that much in terms of how we normally vote, it's interesting that looking at England in the middle, particularly the Midlands are moving up towards the north of England, people who have been lifetime supporters and members and champions for Labour and left politics or even socialist politics will in this, in this election, it looks like they will drift towards uh, either the Brexit Party or the Conservatives, who have, in some cases, an entirely contradictory stance on the health issue. So, yeah, it's one of those moments in, in electoral history. We are outside Northern Ireland. We can't rely on the old gauges for how people will vote. Bill was referring to the weather next Thursday and how important that will be, especially in the evening time for turnout. But is this not an election unlike any other? And people who never considered voting will actually brave the elements to be there. Well, I, I think it's true, and I think Bill talked about you know the the, the turnouts and the differential turnout the sort of groups because uh, the, the people are older. My, my my generation will tend to vote simply because it's it's a lifelong thing. We've got into the habit. We've accepted the, the importance, and in some cases, Frank, it, it, it's it's a psychological thing. We think, well, we may not have many more votes in this, so we keep going. But it is worth bearing in mind that if it's if it's if it's a very cold day, particularly if it's an icy day, a slippy day. Um, snow difficult and people it's not you can't just unless you've got the blue um, badge I'm, I'm not sure how close you can park to a polling station so for elderly for the infirm for people with difficulty walking bill for people that are trying for people with rheumatism arthritis that can be enough a really bad day can put people off but it's also worth bearing in mind I don't know if Bill has done polling on this young from now talking to um, neighbours of ours who have um, two young children and for them to get to the polling station, it means because her, her husband's not going to be there at the time. He's, he's away actually in, I think, in Manchester. But for her to get to the polling station at some time of the day, she has to wrap up those two kids, get them, get them organised. That again, people forget that when well, we talk about the elderly sometimes having difficulty, young mums who are having to, even dads as well, are having to get kids out with them while they go polling. That is also an operation. And again, if it's cold, if it's wet, they have to wrap them up, blanket them, all that sort of stuff. That, again, is enough, Frank. But it's not huge numbers, maybe, but few percent on the elderly side, few percent on, the, on, the, on the, those with young children's side. And as Bill said, that affects the differential turnout. And that can have, when we're talking about at least five seats in Northern Ireland, for example, which are, I think, have around 2,000 majorities, that five six percent difference in turnout you know from last time can make a huge difference to who will hold the seat this time do you want to call it at this point alex 
I think there'll be an election next Thursday. I'm calling the crank, and we will have the results on Friday morning. I, I, I know it's a brave stance to take, right? That's why. No, actually, I think in terms of of, I still not the other thing is all the odds and all the polls would suggest that it should go. It should be a conservative majority. But I don't know. Just anecdotally, talking to friends who live in across England and Scotland, some kids, I just not. I don't have that sense of being able to say with absolute. I would be surprised if he didn't win. But you know, I remember. I remember doing an event with Bill, one of his lucid talk panel things, just before the last general election, and very confidently in front of the audience said, "Oh, don't worry, you know, you know they will be back with a fifty-seven seat majority." So you know, but that was because we were going on the polling, we were going on anecdotal and they told us one story, but on the day, and as Bill will tell you as well, Frank, it's a differential. There are some people who haven't voted for 10, 15, 20 years who will come out across the United Kingdom. In Scotland, it's not simply about the Brexit and also be because the SNP want a strong vote so that they can say, A, hopefully that they will be able to say they can prop up a government, but also it sends a message about Scottish nationalism. Um, in England, there will be people trying to send a message both about Corbyn's view of socialism and Johnson's view of conservatism. And in Northern Ireland, we have, you know, the usual old battles here. But again, this is all about sending messages. And if people are really riled up enough on the day of voting, to send that message, then they go out, and that is where the huge difference comes. That's where the difference comes. Some votes, some polls are giving Johnson um, uh, a working majority of about 42. But, you know, jig those polls around. You'd need Bill to explain the technicality. But jig those polls around. Shift a few percentage here and there. Johnson goes from a 42% lead to a 90, 100% lead. But jig them slightly the other way. He goes down to what happened to Theresa May. He may not have a majority at all. It could be another hung parliament. And that is why this election is fascinating. But if you ask me to make a call, and you have, I'm going to go... Uh, and I'm not available next Friday morning for interviews, but I'm going to go for um, Johnson having a, a comfortable enough majority to get what he wants done. All right, we might play that back next uh, Friday morning. No, don't play it back, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you. I'll deny it. This is not Alex here. This is his friend, Axler. You know, so. But no, I think I, I, I suspect... I suspect uh, I better we're going right in our column now, giving a totally different prediction to cover myself. But no, I, 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 I would be, at this point, given that it's exercised so many people. One, one, another thing I remember about this election, Frank, back in 2017, Brexit was not an issue. And they said, no, it's a strange thing to say, because Theresa May was running around going, Brexit means Brexit. Nobody had a clue what she meant by Brexit means Brexit. And I think that's what jiggered their polls as well, because people just thought, well, if you don't know what you mean, we're not coming out to vote. I think that's what did for her. This time, people know it's quite clear if Johnson gets a comfortable enough majority, he's already talking about doing something on the 19th of December. People know if they vote, they will get Johnson. If he has a majority to get it through, he will take it through before Christmas. If he doesn't have that majority, we'll probably go into second referendum territory. So that's a battle. People who genuinely want it will go out and vote with Johnson, even though they're not natural conservatives, like some of those labour working classes and so on. And people who genuinely don't want it, Remainers, will go and vote for the other. And that can be people that's something like 10, 15% of Conservative Party members support Remain. So will they vote for the party on the day, or will they just change the voting habit of a lifetime and go to the Lib Dems or something like that. All of that's in play, Frank. All of that. And again, that's what makes it fascinating. Would an interview with Andrew Neil make it or break it for Boris Johnson? He seems to be afraid of Neil. 
Yeah, well, actually, and I, I think everyone's right to be afraid of Neil because <laughs> Andrew doesn't take prisoners. And that is his job. Andrew, I, mean, I know people say, but I heard somebody said to me last night, who is this guy coming on making live appeals on television? You know, he's, what, he's just a journalist. He seems to think, oh, I, I interview with me can make and break your career. You have a good interview with me and it'll add on five, six, seven percent. You, you have a bad interview with me and you're going down. You know, it's, it's uh, Johnson. Is, is not Johnson's an old-fashioned journalist. Johnson is a man who likes rhetoric, Frank. He's a man who likes to, to play with words, and he's brilliant at it. He's absolutely, he's entertaining to listen to. You can have moments when you're laughing, but when you push him down to the nitty-gritty, which is what Andrew Neil does. And I remember at the time of his election interview for the leadership election back in July, uh, um, Andrew did a, an interview with him. It was not a good one for Boris, but it didn't stop him bumping home with the Conservatives. The sort of people that watch programmes like Andrew Neil, 80% of them, I would have thought, have probably made up their mind anyway. But they're a discerning audience. They're not in it for the blood sport. Asking people, you know, Saturday or whatever it is, Friday, Monday, to watch or switch off EastEnders or whatever else they're watching and watch a big political debate. There's not huge numbers in that sense, Frank, but it's social media, it's everything else. So, yeah, Boris could make an absolute whopping mistake on the night. And again, with everything so tight, if he was 20% ahead in the lead and probably couldn't lose, he could risk it. But as Bill would tell you, when the figures are like this, when you just anything, anything, 2-3% either way, and differential groups can change the whole thing. Johnson, I think, I, somehow I think he will have to do it. But he will leave it, I think, the very, very, very last minute. Do you think it was fair of the BBC to, on Corbyn, to have Corbyn do it without having Neil Down, the Prime Minister, to do it? Oh yes, I think I think that I think the, my understanding. I don't know the exact rules, but my understanding, all those things. When you say to the leaders, you, you basically you, you talk to all of them. You're going to do it. Most of them say, well, as long as everyone else is doing it, uh, that's fine. Because why should you put yourself in the firing line and discover the others aren't? So the normal rule of thumb was that you know, say, yep, we've got yes, we've now talked to all the leaders. Uh, we're we're go, and then they just work out the dates of when you're going to do it. Whether you do it in order of the size of the party or alphabetical order or the whatever order you choose or whatever suits your campaign, and so on. But you know, so in this occasion, he didn't. He didn't uh, uh, nail Johnson down, and I, I, he should have told him. He should have said to the others, "Look, at this stage, we're hoping he will come. We think he'll come. The odds are in favour of him coming, but we haven't actually got him signed off." And that at least gives um, uh, Corbyn and the rest to say, "Well, actually, get him signed off. I'm coming." But you know, you're not using me as your guinea pig. You know, but I and also I think I'll have to. I, I just as someone obviously who loves and breathes politics, right? I think we just have to get away slightly roll back from this notion that um, who our Prime Minister will be will be decided simply on an interview with Andrew Neil, who's brilliant at what he does. But it's more because, you know, you're coming on to talk about a 240-page manifesto in 45 minutes. You are going to make mistakes. The best of us will make mistakes. And as a good journalist, you're hoping that, you know, that, that the, your interviewee will make a mistake, will give you the headline story. It has to be bigger than that. It has to be. You know, you, you have to look at the rounded thing. You know, the sort of people who hate Johnson, doesn't matter how he does an interview, will still hate him. The sort of people who love him, doesn't matter. For the ordinary people, sometimes it's so combative, so difficult, so rough and tumble. I think some of them just switch off, Frank. They just, they don't get the nuance and they just, they actually, what we're seeing in this election more so than any any election in my lifetime is in the increasing numbers of people complaining about all of the media, the newspapers, television, radio, and these guys, these interviews are just taking sides. 
they've just decided that this is Andrew's doing this for blood sport. He's just doing this like watch me, you know, beat the crap out of you know the latest you know, leading political figure or something like that. That's not necessarily good debate, nor is it necessarily good for democracy. I think. Well, we'll have an opportunity to see good debate locally Sunday night with Mark Mallett on UTV. I think the BBC well, are doing right, it on, yeah. tu- on Tuesday night. How important are those two leaders' debates on UTV and the BBC locally? Uh, that, that, that's more difficult, Frank, because the vast majority of people who will be watching, and I don't think it's quite the same. I think in a national debate, it, it can't. If we, people can't be shifted, Northern Ireland, it's not quite the same. I think the vast majority have made up their mind. They, you know, and the tight can even. And you have this ridiculous situation. There will be DUP people agree with Sinn Féin on health, agree with Sinn Féin on abortion, and so on, but could never bring themselves to vote for them. And on the Sinn Féin side, there'll be people who agree with, with the DUP on abortion and same-sex marriage, but can never bring themselves to vote for them. So you have this strange situation where they will find themselves agree with party leaders, you know, on some issues, but not able, because of the constitutional issue, not able to, to cross that bridge. And I think in this case, with the Lions, who clearly had their surge, and I think Naomi Long has had a good election, um, trouble is, when you have proportional representation, it gives people a bit more flexibility, but in the first-past-the-post system, even if she performs very, very well, even if, if I think Bill is doing the poll on the night, even if she emerges as the, as the best performing leader, I'm not sure it will help her in terms of votes because I think a lot of people go, oh, this is very good, but... And it's that, again, as Bill would tell you, Frank, it's that but which has a huge effect on people's minds. They go into poll, yes, 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 but... <laughs> if you walk into a polling station with a but still in your head, I t- it, normally the evidence would suggest you will you will vote as you've always voted, rather than taking the lead to somewhere else. And of course, so there, are, there, are, but there, there, there are butts against them all, aren't there? Oh, that's what I'm saying. All of them have this yeah. thing. So, um, And they're not, you know, the, the DUP will be... What the DUP are trying to do at this stage, Frank, they're not getting votes from Jacobin or SDLP anyway. What they're trying to do is maximise... Sec- you know, they know that some of their voters are a bit concerned on, on, on what happened with the Johnson deal, why they were betrayed. And I've heard this over and over again. Just build ordinary people. I've told you this before. You'll get it as well. People just stop you in shops and supermarkets. And people say to me, oh, I know, who I know are unionists and they're sort of broadly DUP. You say, what happened, Alex? Why, why, why did Johnson let them down? Why has he betrayed them? Who can we trust? So I think uh, the DUP have to address that issue. They also want to stop any drift of the Ulster Unionist Party because in some very tight seats, a drift of you know, a thousand boats could could lose North Belfast. It'll it'll do them no good in South Belfast. It could lose them uh, or stop them winning North Down. It could stop them winning from Anna South or not from stop them winning South Antrim. So four five seats there. You know, if 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 Foster and I presume it will be her make some mistakes. There might be enough unions to go with stuff. I'm just I'm going to go to to Aiken and his look. Let's remain. So that and again with Sinn Féin, they want to make sure that their people will come out and, and you know will you know she can withhold the into uh, um, because into again a few thousand votes in a number of constituencies in foil places like that. The difference between holding the seat Frank and losing. So. Those leaders are addressing very specific sections of their own parties rather than, uh, you know, addressing the broader community because Michelle O'Neill is not looking to win over DUP voters on, on Sunday night and Arlene is not looking to win over nationalist voters. They're looking to secure their own base more than anything else. 
Alex, thank you very, very much indeed. Remember, Alex Kane has said it will be most no, likely. Right <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll never come on again. <laughs> Take care. Have Take care. Bye. Good to talk. Uh, the Bye. great commentator, Alex Kane. Th- thank you, Alex. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.